277. Page 277 in the Church Bible. 1 Samuel chapter 7, and I shall read verses 3 to 17. And Samuel said to all the house of Israel, If you're returning to the Lord with all your heart, then put away the foreign gods and the Ashtaroth from among you, and direct your heart to the Lord, and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So the people of Israel put away the Baals and the Ashtaroth, and they served the Lord only. Then Samuel said, Gather all Israel at Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord for you. So they gathered at Mizpah, and drew water, and poured it out before the Lord, and fasted on that day, and said there, We have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the people of Israel at Mizpah. Now, when the Philistines heard that the people of Israel had gathered at Mizpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the people of Israel heard of it, they were afraid of the Philistines. And the people of Israel said to Samuel, Do not cease to cry out to the Lord our God for us, that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. So Samuel took a sucking lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. And Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel. And the Lord answered him. As Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to attack Israel. But the Lord thundered with a mighty sound that day against the Philistines and threw them into confusion. And they were routed before Israel. And the men of Israel went out from Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and struck them as far as below Bethkar. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen and called its name Ebenezer. For he said, Till now the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued and did not again enter the territory of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. The cities that the Philistines had taken from Israel were restored to Israel from Ekron to Gath. And Israel delivered their territory from the hand of the Philistines. There was peace also between Israel and and the Amorites. Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life. And he went on a circuit year by year to Bethel, Gilgal, and Mizpah. And he judged Israel in all these places. Then he would return to Ramah, for his home was there. And there also he judged Israel. And he built there an altar to the Lord. May God bless the reading and the preaching of his word. It's a real privilege to be able to minister the Lord's word to you today. First time I've had this opportunity for quite some time.
And I'd ask you to turn with me now to 1 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 12. 1 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 12. The last phrase in the verse. The English Standard Version which I'm using, it's till now the Lord has helped us. Or thus far, thus far the Lord has helped us. Or another version has, hitherto the Lord has helped us. Uh, during the 19th century, one of the most popular boys' names was Ebenezer. And lots and lots of boys were called Ebenezer. If you've read R.L. Stevenson's book, Kidnapped, uh, the body was Ebenezer Balfour. He tried to do great harm. Or if you've read Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol, Ebenezer Scrooge is the main figure in that. Now, it's not one of the most popular boys' names today. Uh, when you look in magazines and papers, it's not in the first 100. It probably wouldn't be in the first 1,000. Actually, maybe I should apologise. I, I, I don't know all your names, so, so there could be somebody here called Ebenezer. <laughs> but it's not, it's not one of the most popular names. But in Israel, it wasn't used of a person. It was used of a place. It, it, the two, it was made out of two Hebrew words, and it means stone of help. Stone of help. And it's used here in this passage of a memorial which Samuel set up at a place of great victory. Where his people overcame the Philistines. Near Mizpah, eight miles north of Jerusalem. And this was where the great victory was won. And Samuel set up this stone. This memorial. Well it had no value in itself. It wasn't a valuable stone. I don't think it was a beautiful stone in any way. But it was a stone of help. It was a reminder it was a symbol of the blessing of God upon his people. And whenever they saw that stone, they said to themselves, The Lord helped us. The Lord helped us. And friends, perhaps it would be good for us today to set up, as it were, in our hearts a memorial. A memorial to God's faithful love. A stone of help. Saying to ourselves, as the Israelites did to each other, Till now, the Lord has helped us. That's our text today. What do these words say, here and now? I'd like to look at a threefold aspect of what these words say. Till now. Uh, what does that mean? First of all, I would suggest the upward look. 
the upward look. The Lord has helped us. The story here is one of a battle. The Philistine army were very, very firm favourites. It would be rather like England playing Northern Ireland at football. Northern Ireland very, very occasionally does win. But usually, almost always, it doesn't win. Because the English team is so much stronger. It was like that with the Philistines and Israel. But here, what happens? Israel won. Israel won an unexpected, decisive victory. And we read in verse 13 that the Philistines subdued and did not again enter the territory of Israel. They were beaten for always. Finished forever. What a victory. What a victory. How did they win? What was the reason for that victory? The people in the world around would have been very, very surprised when they heard that Israel had, had, had beaten the Philistines. How on earth could that happen? Maybe some people would have praised the Israelite army. They must have fought really well. Some of them might have criticised the Philistine tactics. Their chariots and their, their way of getting things wrong. Many people would have thought back to the, to the thunderstorm that we read of coming. And of course it neutralised all the enemy chariots. That was their great weapon. And suddenly they couldn't do anything with them. Verse 10 tells us of a mighty sound against the Philistines. Threw them into confusion. Now all these things probably are true. But that's not Samuel's answer. How did they win? Samuel sees the hand of God. The Lord has helped us. That was his answer. How did we win this victory? God helped us. The Lord has helped us. We read, you remember, how the people repented and prayed. Verse 9, Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel, and the Lord answered him. The Lord answered him. The victory was God's answer. And that's what the stone was pointing to. The stone of help. The stone of the Lord's help. The stone was a witness to God's working. The stone was an upward look. The Lord has helped us. And friends, you know as well as I do that today, in the early 20th century, 21st century, human beings have almost entirely lost this upward look of looking to the Lord and thinking of the Lord. They don't think that way. 
psalmist says in Psalm 19 verse 1, The heavens declare the glory of God. But that thinking has now been reversed. Over 50 years ago now, the Russian Yuri Gagarin was the first to enter outer space. 1961. And when he came back to earth, this is one of the first things he said. I saw no God. I saw no God. Laughing, sneering, making fun. That's what humanism is. Humans are drunk with self-importance. What matters is what we want. What matters is what we think. What matters is what we can do. Forget about God. God isn't even longer attacked or derided. He's simply ignored. In the early 20th century, an English poet Swinburne wrote, Glory to man in the highest, for man is the master of things. That's how most people think. Now that's not what we think as Christians. For us, God's the important one. But friends, isn't it possible that just as our lungs can be affected by the smoke of others, we don't smoke, but their smoke comes into our breathing. So it's hard for Christians not to be affected by this man-centered atmosphere. I'm not saying that we deny God, but we can forget about him. In some areas, we can leave him out of account for all practical purposes. Yes, we can have him central on the Lord's day, but then we can find during the week that somehow God has drifted away and we haven't been thinking of him and we haven't been looking to him. And perhaps we need to strengthen, we need to rediscover this upward look. To keep it fresh in our minds. God. He's the one who matters. God's the one who's central. Who's everywhere. Who's always. It's the Lord who gives us our lives. It's the Lord who gives us our health. It's the Lord who gives us our talents. It's, a lo it's the Lord who even puts into us the breath that at this moment every one of us is using. It's the Lord. It's all the Lord. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, 7, What do you have that you did not receive? Nothing. We could, we could apply it in many ways, but think for a moment of the church of God. It's built by God. It exists for the Lord. 
We've come here this morning to worship God. We've come to to listen to the word of God, not the sermon of the preacher. It's that as I speak in, in different ways, you may become aware that God's saying something to you. In our prayers, it's not simply our wishes. It's asking God to do for us what he has promised. What we can never do for ourselves. Thy will be done. We're going to have a short meeting at the close of our worship service this morning. And the the heart of that meeting, the centre of that meeting is to do what you believe God wants you to do. And his, his will. The Lord has helped us. That's an upward look. And I ask you all, where are you looking? Do you look up? Do you look to God? But let's move on. And think secondly of the backward look. The backward look. To past tense. The Lord has helped us. Till now. Thus far. Hitherto the Lord has helped us. Up to now the Lord has helped us. He says. What does Samuel mean? He's not saying it's just that day. Not even saying the years in Canaan. In a way saying over all of Israel's history. The Lord has helped us. He's helped us since Adam was created. He helped us with Abraham. He helped us with Joseph. He helped us with the Exodus. He helped us at Mount Sinai. He helped us in the wilderness. He helped us in the promised land. Again and again and again and again. Everywhere. The Lord helped us. And here's another example. Of the Lord's never failing love. This act of deliverance. The Philistines are coming to destroy them. But they don't. Why? The Lord has helped us. How many times they disobeyed him. How many times they complained. How often they turned for a time to false gods. But God never abandoned them. God never gave them up. This victory is no fluke. This victory is no one-off. No lucky thing. This victory is what God always does. For his people. And it gives them an opportunity. To look back. And to be filled. With thankfulness. Till now. The Lord has helped us. And it's helpful isn't it for us dear friends to look back. To look over the past year, 
over all the years of our lives. Do you remember Thomas Moore's lovely Irish song? Oft in the stilly night, ere slumber's chain has bound me, fond memory brings the light of other days around me. Fond memory brings the light of other days around me. Yes, I know, dear friends, I know, I know from myself that our memories are mixed. I know we all have things we don't want to remember and want to put away. But putting that to one side, many of us here must surely say, the Lord has helped me. And some of us can say that over many years. We can say, when I think of my parents, the Lord has helped me. When I think of my early training, the Lord has helped me. Others of us here can't say that. Really. You've been converted in your adult life. And you could say, I remember that time when I became a new Abraham, a new Sarah, where God called me to himself out of a whole situation of unbelief and I became the leader of a new family in Christ. We can think of times of happiness. Many of us today, we get married. The Lord helped me. But when we looked at our little children, the Lord has helped me. But when we sit together in our blessings, the Lord has helped me. Times of challenge. When God's word spoke to us and we were living in a hard time. But the Lord has helped me. Times of sorrow and difficulty. When your heart was broken. When you were weeping. When you felt the pain. When you didn't know where to turn. When you were discouraged. When you were doubt. The Lord helped you. Didn't he? Didn't they? Times of perplexity. Times of illness. The Lord has helped me. Many of you like me can say today, the Lord has helped me. And what about the people we know? Think of your family sitting in your own home with your family, your friends. The Lord has helped me. Think of the man whom, God willing, will be publicly recognised as your minister. And when you think of him, what do you say? <coughs> the Lord has helped me. And your elders and your brothers and your sisters in this church, 
What a lovely, lovely fellowship, isn't it? We'll be sitting outside afterwards. Isn't it beautiful? Heaven and earth. The Lord has helped me. Looking up to the past. Looking up and looking to the past encourages us with regard to our blessings and our testings. The Lord has helped us. Perhaps, friends, there's someone here today and you can't yet say that about yourself. You can't honestly and truly say the Lord has helped me. You're not sure. You don't know. You've never really received God's help in Christ. And if that continues, you'll be left without God's help to all eternity. Perhaps that's why the Lord has brought you here this morning. Perhaps he himself is speaking to you at this moment. Offering to you now his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as your saviour. And I ask you, will you not call to him here and now? And you'll receive Christ as your saviour forever and at the end of this day you can look up to heaven and you can say and you can mean it and you'll be saying it forever the Lord has helped me that's why we exist to bring glory to him by seeing him helping people. Look up, look back. We sang it in Psalm 103. My soul the Lord bless. Don't forget not don't forget all benefits from him. And that leads us then to the third look and the final look. Look up, look back. And look forward, look forward. Till now, he says, till now. What does till now imply, do you think? What's, uh, what's Samuel saying here? Is he saying, uh, till now the Lord has helped us, but he isn't going to help us any longer? Is that what he means? Till now the Lord has helped us, but from now on, we're on our own. Is that the meaning of his words? No, of course not. He's saying, he's meaning this, he will keep on helping us forever. And think about it, friends. Isn't that his reason for setting up a memorial? The point of a memorial, of a true memorial, is looking to the future. So that when we look at it, 
We'll not just say he has helped us. We'll say he will help us now. It was to be a stimulus and encouragement in the days to come. To greater loyalty, to greater courage, to greater effort. There would be times when they were frightened. What would they do? They'd go and look at the old stone. Oh, he helped us then. He'd help us now. There would be times when they had doubt. Can we believe God helps? We'll go to the stone. Oh yes, there it is. God helps. God helps. To, sum, to, to, to work in them in that way. What did it matter, you see, if you think about it, if their strength was small and their enemies very strong? That's what had happened. Huge, powerful enemies. A tiny, weak little people. And what do you see now? You see a stone saying, The Lord helped us. There's an interesting story told about a little boy called Jack. He grew up in the early, uh, the last century, early time, in London, in a place called Toxeth. And he was a tiny little boy, and um, he got bullied every day when he was coming home from school. And there were three bad fellows, big, strong, angry, nasty boys. And they would hit him, they would hurt him, they would steal things from him, they would make him cry, they would frighten him, they would give him a horrible time. And one day Jack turns the corner to his home and the three big bad bullies are waiting for him. And as he walks towards them, they run away. They turn and they run away. Now why did that happen? Well, that day, his father was with him. His father was 22 stone. He got a black belt for judo. And he was on leave from the SAS. God is for us. Who can be against us? That's what Paul says in Romans 8.31, isn't that it? God is for us. Who can be against us? Yes, of course, friends, we should be interested in the church of the past. We should be interested in the covenanters. But why are we interested? Because of the church of the future. Because of the church of tomorrow. That's why we look back. What God has done Matters simply because of what he will do. Ebenezer was to lift the Israelites for the future. Oh dear friends, as you're sitting here today, let this day and this morning and what we're going to do, 
lift you in your own hearts. We're moving towards the formal appointment of a pastor. Until now, the Lord has helped us. It means that the Almighty God cares for this church. He has a purpose for these people here. He has plans for you. Not only, as individu- not only as a church, but as individuals. It's wonderful to have a helper. Psalm 118 verse 6. The Lord is for me. I will not fear. What can man do to me? My friends, I don't want to be facile or, gl- or to, 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 to give you glibs, glibs, what we're doing. Glibs. We don't know what the future may bring. It's not going to be all easy and wonderful. There'll be times when you're wrestling. There will be troubles. There will be difficulties. But of this, we can be absolutely certain. As we sing, He will bless us still. There's no limit to God's power or God's love. And it's been my prayer for this morning that today and the days to come there may be many times when we can set our faces to the future with a fresh hope. God always has better things in store for us either on this earth or in the world to come. The Lord will help us. And to prove this more clearly in conclusion, we really need to look at another memorial. Not Ebenezer. Not a stone. But a tree. An empty cross. And that's the great thrilling sign that the Lord has helped us. That's the evidence of his love and his power. I ask you, my friend, have you been to the cross? Do you live there? Looking at it. Looking at it. Rejoicing in it. Thanking God for the cross. We're to come now and to stay there. And it's then and only then as we keep looking at the cross that we can look up in true worship. We can look back in true thankfulness. We can look forward in true hope. With our eyes on Jesus we need fear nothing. Till now the Lord has helped us. For me, a New Testament parallel might be Romans 8.32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? And more and more we'll discover it through all eternity. Christ, he's the Lord.
Christ in his love, the one who's delivered us and fills us with joy, the Lord has helped us. I came across a poem that was written in 1695, a long time ago. It's become a hymn, apparently. It's been meaningful to, to many people. And it's helped me reading it in recent days. Could I end by quoting, almost end, by quoting several verses. Whate'er my God ordains is right. His holy will abideth. I will be still whate'er he doth, and follow where he guideth. He is my God. Through dark, though dark my road, he holds me, that I shall not fall. Wherefore, to him I leave it all. Whate'er my God ordains is right. Though now this cup in drinking may bitter seem, to my faint heart, I take it, all unshrinking. My God is true. Each morn in you, sweet comfort yet shall fill my heart, and pain and sorrow shall depart. Whate'er my God ordains is right. Here shall my stand be taken, though sorrow, need, or death be mine. Yet am I not forsaken. My Father's care is round me there. He holds me that I shall not fall. And so to him I leave it all. Or we could put it more simply and more briefly. Words that many of us learned as little children and have sung them all our lives. And they'll mean everything to us all our lives on earth and afterwards. Goodness and mercy all my life shall surely follow me. And in God's house forevermore my dwelling place shall be. Till now the Lord has helped us. And that's true forever. Amen. God, you know us each one. You know our hearts. You know our beings. You know our lives. You know our circumstances, past and present and future. Help us, we pray. As often before, or by your grace for the first time in salvation, to know this day your help. Your help for us from day to day and moment to moment. And help us to so rejoice in you and your help that others will be drawn to be helped through Christ. We ask it in his name. Amen.